We are so blessed, so blessed. So many people who bring so many things to the equation around here, and uh, I just can't. Uh, it is mind-blowing. Julie just said it's mind-blowing. Uh, here comes heaven. Here comes heaven. So, uh, so the choir uh, sang those two songs, Here Comes Heaven, Here Comes the Glory of the Lord, uh, at a choir festival in Salem a couple weeks ago on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, Connie and I went, and uh, choir festivals can be interesting. Um, And we're sitting there, and uh, I think our choir was about midway through, and uh, and they sang this song. They sang those songs, and I told Connie on the way home. I said that song was so relevant, was so relevant. And uh, there were a lot of songs sung that I don't know how relevant they were. And, uh, and some of it, you know, and this wasn't being uh, judgmental or anyway, but in some ways it seemed like some of it was just performance. But when our choir got up there to sing, heaven came down. Heaven came down. And it was tangible. And, and I may be a little biased because it's our choir and I love these people and know these people, but there were other people in the room that were experiencing something because heaven is in us. And it's tangible. That's tangible. And that's what this message is all about today. We're going to go through some just passages in Scripture where the presence of the Lord in the Old Testament was visible by flame and cloud. And... But He lives in us now. He lives in us now. And I kept asking the Lord, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, but I kept asking the Lord, why was that so relevant? Why was that so relevant? Why is that relevant for here comes heaven, here comes the glory of the Lord in 2023? And the other night, uh, Wednesday night, I was in here before our class, and their choir was practicing, and I, I, was, um, I was sitting back in the corner. I don't even know if anybody knew I was in the room, but I was sitting back there listening, and uh, Some of them hadn't even shown up yet. I was here before choir practice even started, and I was sitting here, and as they were walking in the room, I saw Dina walking in the room. Here comes the glory of the Lord. Keith and Margaret come walking in the room. Here comes the glory of the Lord. Now, they're not Jesus. We're not Jesus. But when we walk in the room, when you walk in a room... You bring heaven with you because he lives and rolls and reigns in you. And we need to get this. And that should both excite us and terrify us. So where are we going? What are we saying? You know, it's interesting. As I was looking at this, I, you know, we've read this verse many, many times, especially at Christmas uh, from Luke, 
about the birth of Jesus. And I'm just going to read it and then just highlight this uh, one little phrase there. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no uh, guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So we see here from the very beginning of the arrival of Jesus, the glory of the Lord shone around them because the birth of Jesus had taken place. There's glory. There's glory that is present, magnifying, acknowledging, identifying the presence of the Lord is here presence of the Lord is here. That's something for us to grasp. They're right from the beginning, right from the beginning of the birth of Jesus, the glory of the Lord shone round about them to, to, to present to them. The birth of your Savior has come. It's important for us to grasp that. So then in Matthew, John the Baptist was telling people about the coming Savior. The Savior's coming. He's, he's coming to, to us. And he says in uh, Matthew chapter 3, 1 through 3, says, In those days John the Baptist came and preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. So as Jesus was coming on the scene now, an adult man coming to preach the kingdom of heaven has come near. I had this thought as I was sitting back there watching them come in and then they were practicing and as they were singing this song, here comes heaven, here comes the glory of the Lord, here comes the glory of the Lord. I just had this thought of, here comes the glory of the Lord, sweeping through the room, sweeping through the room, sweeping through the room, sweeping through the room. Not one person untouched, untouched, not one person untouched, untouched. Let him land on you today in a way that transforms you, that heals you, that restores you, that fixes broken places. The kingdom of heaven has come near. So in the Old Testament, I said I was going to talk about this a little bit. So in the Old Testament, in Exodus, so we have these examples, and I'm just going to go through these kind of quickly. And I'm going to read a couple of footnotes from, from the script, from my, from my study Bible. Uh, but by day, the Lord went ahead of them in, in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So I'm 
my footnote here says, says pillars represent the visible symbol of God's presence among his people. You know this. But this was Old Testament, vis- visible, tangible symbols that God was with us. Important for us to get this history because we're going to go through a few examples here. Also in Exodus, when uh, this, look at Exodus, look at chapter 40. It's all about the tabernacle. It's all about the tabernacle and all the things that are in the tabernacle. And if you ever ever read that and have questions about it, Pastor Ben has just amaz- has had amazing teachings on this. We've had a class classes on this. That all those all those uh, items in the tabernacle represent the presence of the Lord in some way, shape, or form. But here's what the scripture says here. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle in all the travels of the Israelites. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out. Until the day is lifted, the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and the fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during their travels. Presence of the Lord, visible, tangible, visible and tangible. And again, my footnote on this one. uh, With the glory of the Lord entering the tabernacle, a great series of events that began with the birth of Moses and his rescue from the Nile, foreshadowing the deliverance of Israel from Egypt, comes to a grand climax. From now on, the Israelites march through the wilderness and through history with the Lord tenting among them and leading them to a land of fulfilled promises. Old Testament, visible, tangible presence of Lord by cloud, by this visible, visible thing that they could see. Sometimes I look at that and think, man, it'd be be nice to see see this physical thing, but the reality is Jesus lives in, in us, and because he lives in us, we have him leading us every step of the way, whatever that means any given day, any given day. We don't have to wait for some, some visible thing. He's in us. He's in us. And we need to get that. And then, First Kings, the priests brought the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the, uh, its inner place in the sanctuary of the temple. This is the Solomon's building the temple, building a temple for the Lord. And again, there's lots of description here. Uh, so take a look at that. The most holy place, the inner sanctuary, the most holy place, the most holy place, put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. When the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. Solomon said, the Lord has said he would dwell in a dark cloud. I have indeed built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. My footnote. Just as a visible manifestation of the presence of the Lord had descended on the tabernacle at Sinai, so now the Lord came to dwell in the temple. Important history. So then, back to Jesus coming on the scene. John 1, 9 to 14. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Pay attention to this, and we're going to come back to this a little bit later in the message, but come back, pay attention to it now. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. 
the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. We have seen his glory. We have seen his glory. They experienced this now in a whole different way. It's a whole different way. There wasn't a cloud. There wasn't a fire. It was, the, it was the living, breathing Jesus among them, and they received that. Now, it says some didn't. It says some didn't. Some didn't recognize what was in their very midst. Come back to that a little bit later. So then in John, and these, are the, these are the words of Jesus himself, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Ask even now, has he made his home in you? Have you opened your heart? Have you opened your life? Have you opened your whole being to say, come live in me? Come rule and reign in me. Have your way in me. We will make our home with them. Interesting, when Jesus was teaching his disciples about prayer, they were asking him, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Here's what he says. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here comes heaven. Here comes heaven. Lord, as I pray, bring heaven into this situation. Because I know if we bring heaven into this situation, it'll be better than if it's just earth. He wasn't teaching them to recite the Lord's Prayer, although there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good prayer to learn. But I remember learning it, but then I remember experiencing it after I came to know Jesus. I learned it before I knew Jesus. It had no relevance to me. It was something I learned and recited and could recite perfectly from beginning to end. But then when you learn, bring your kingdom into my life. Bring your kingdom into my life. Whole different scenario. Things change. Transformation takes place. Not just words on a page. Becomes a reality. So, then in this is a chapter that I've, we've studied a lot around here. It's Jesus' prayer right before he's leaving earth. And it's all about making us one with one another, unity, and how the Lord blesses unity and, and how he pours his anointing on that. So the last part of this prayer, he's, he's praying. I'm not just praying for the disciples. I'm praying for those people who are going to believe in me because of you, because of, because of the disciples doing what they're supposed to do, walking in unity and functioning in unity and having, receiving that anointing and then just letting that function in their life. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Get that. So the world may believe that you sent me through their message, through our message. I have given them the glory that you gave me. Never saw, never, never acknowledged that before. I'm sure I read it. I'm sure I've said it, seen it before. But 
in the context of here comes the glory of the Lord, here comes heaven. Jesus said right before he's leaving the earth, I gave them the glory you gave me. That they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. And if you put that in this this context of when you walk in the room, And there's something about this, of course, in this context, too, about us together. Us together. The body of Christ together. Because the world is looking. People are looking. What's it look like to follow Jesus? What's it look like? Is it just religion? But when we do it in the way he wants us to do it, as one, There is a release from heaven that I don't think we've even experienced part uh, half of it yet. We've experienced part of it, but not half, but not uh, not not as much as we can. But there's more coming. The more we do His work together, the more we press in together, the more we pray together, the more we worship together, the more we serve together, the more we. He loves that so much that He says, "Here's more. Here's my anointing." Because there's a whole world out there that wants to know what's true, even though they don't know they want to know. There's a whole lot of people out there looking for truth, looking for something stable, something secure, something sound. And the Lord says He's given it to us. He's given it to us. Now, we don't get all puffed up about that. We stay bowed down. He responds to that saying, here's more. Here's more. Here's more. So in Ephesians, Paul writes about this. He says, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but citizens with God's people, members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. We belong to something now. You belong to something. And it's bigger than you. You're a part and your important part, each one plays an important part. But together it presents this picture to a lost and dying world. That you have hope. That there's hope. That there's a supernatural power that you can live by and live in. Because our own is not enough. In him, the whole building is joined together, rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. That's both a personal thing and a collective thing. He is here. Anyone in this room that has acknowledged him, he's come to live in you. And man, when he lives in Fran, and he lives in Keith, and he lives in Margaret, and he lives in Laura, and he lives in Christine, on, on, on down the road, all, all around here, there's a power that, there's a power. There's a stability. 
There's a strength. There's a peace. Because Jesus brought it to us. It was part of him from the very beginning. The glory of the Lord. In 2 Timothy, what you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Right before Jesus was leaving the earth, he said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. Pastor Shane said a few weeks ago, Holy Spirit's purpose is always to point everything back to Jesus. Point everything back to Jesus. Jesus even told them, Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I've taught you. You know what's interesting? Study the parables. Study the parables. Just take a month or two. Study the parables. What did Jesus use as he introduced a parable? The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. And just pick one. Parable of the sower, for instance. It's all about seed, 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 seed going out. And he gives four examples. The seed that produces fruit is the one that takes what's been given and produces, produces a hundredfold. All three of the other seeds get caught up in something of this world. But he says the kingdom of heaven is like this. So even in his teaching to his disciples and to the, to the throngs of people, he was saying, I want you to understand through this lesson, through this principle, through this parable, through this story, a little bit of what it means to bring heaven to earth. Put that into practice and you'll experience it. Through the parables. Through the parables, he's teaching about heaven on earth. Parables weren't about the future and going to heaven one day necessarily. That's part of the equation. We know that. This is about living on earth. Living on earth. With heaven in our midst. It's the glory of the Lord in our midst. Because he's in us. He's in us. In Hebrews, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. That's why, that's why we're reminded to do this all the time. Stay focused. Stay focused. Someone messaged me this week and said, fix your eyes on Jesus, question mark, question mark, question mark. It's all about focus. It's all about focus in the middle of life, in the middle of Sometimes stresses in the middle of challenges, in the middle of whatever else is going on. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge 
as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son of our God's house, and we are his house. We are his house. You are his house. If you've received Jesus right now, right now, right here on earth, December 2023, you represent his house. If indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. So the psalmist says this, I, and I almost included this earlier, but I know this is a really great, great way to kind of start to wrap up the message. The psalmist just said this very simply, Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where your glory dwells. It is not this room. Now, we're asking him to sweep through the room, but it's because we already know he's in us. He's just not supernaturally just doing that. He lives in us. He lives in us. He's in the room because we're in the room. There's no reason for him to be in the room that there's no people in the room. I love the house where your glory dwells. A footnote on that one that I want to share too. The presence of God's glory signaled the presence of God himself. His glory dwelling in the tabernacle and later the temple assured Israel of the Lord's holy yet gracious presence among them. And then John 1.14, which we already read, announces that same presence in the word who became flesh, who made his dwelling among us. And then we come back to John 1. True light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're in this room today and you do not recognize. I want, I want to invite you today. Invite you today. That if that's you, acknowledge, just acknowledge him. Maybe it's not a feeling. It's not just a feeling. It can be a feeling. There's things, feelings that can come along with that. But it's not based on that. Sometimes I don't feel his presence, but I know he's here. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And then we have this amazing promise, which we've already read, but I'm going to read it again. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name. Maybe you're in this room today and you don't know him, but maybe you have a belief in his name. He has this promise for you. you he gave you the right to become a child of God. Not born of natural descent. This is supernatural, folks. This is supernatural. A supernatural rebirth that he does in us. Nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. 
we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only God who came from the Father full of grace and truth. said that this should encourage us and terrify us. The terrifying part is that it should challenge us to know that wherever we go, we carry his presence in a way that keeps us accountable to how we function, how we live, what we say, what words we use, how we treat people, how we treat one another, how we function in life. And the reality is when he lives in us and we acknowledge that and we call upon him, he'll help us. It's that simple. He'll help us to do the right thing when we're posed with doing the wrong thing. He'll help us to speak the right words or speak no words at all when we're prone to want to just (laughs) hurl out whatever's on our mind. And we all fall short. I'm not talking about falling short. We all do that. I'm not talking about doing everything perfectly. But he's doing a work in his people in this day. So I was asking the Lord, why is this song, why were these songs, why were the messages of these songs so relevant? So relevant. And it's as simple as this. There's a whole lot of people, a whole lot of people don't know anything about Jesus yet. Or they may know about him but don't know him. Don't know him. You get to introduce him to somebody because he lives in you. Because the way you deal with a crisis that somebody's watching will speak about your stability and your soundness and your peace in the middle of a storm. Because in the middle of a difficulty, you still have joy. And someone's watching that unfold. Someone in our open door class today was talking about a change in his workplace. And the expectation was because there's a change in your hours that you're going to be all stressed out about this and it's going to create all kinds of havoc. No, Jesus lives in me. The glory of the Lord is in me. And in the middle of this change, I have peace because I belong to a Savior. Boy, when we grasp the depth of this, of Jesus living in us, it just it takes the pressure off of us. It takes the pressure off of us. We don't have to perform. We don't have to live up to something. He's in us. He took
took that load on his shoulders. He came to earth for this very purpose. I have a feeling the choir is going to sing this song again. <laughs> I saw all the choir members getting up. What's funny is, uh, and I didn't tell this to Mark at all, I thought, man, it'd be really awesome if the choir sang that song again at the end. <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't tell them. I just thought, well, it'll, it'll work out the way it's supposed to. But I, I want you to embrace these words. If you, don't, if you have never experienced the glory of the Lord, if you've never experienced heaven coming, into your body, into your life. Let, it, let today be the day. Let today be the day. Pastor Ben told me, told me when he... Uh, I was walking in this morning, we hugged, and he said, I had a dream about you last night. You, you got drunk in the spirit, which happened once here, and he was very much a part of that day. And I was like, well, I have no idea what's going to happen today. I, all I know is I saw Holy Spirit just going... Nobody untouched. Nobody untouched. I don't know what all he wants to do today, but I believe he wants everybody to know. If you know Jesus, if you know Jesus, he lives in you. And that means heaven. Things of heaven are in you. It means the glory of the Lord is in you. If you don't know Jesus today, why not start today? Why not start today? He loves you. He came to earth for you. I won't give you the details, but I heard a testimony this morning of a song, of this song being played in a moment of crisis in someone's life moment of crisis, a moment of great, 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 great pain and difficulty. And on this day, the Lord has brought that all full circle and brought a healing and a restoration that only He could orchestrate, only He could orchestrate. I heard it, I could have been made drunk right there in those moments. The Holy Spirit was so powerful in demonstrating His goodness to us, His goodness to us. And my encouragement to every one of you as we, as we wrap this up, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? Step into, step into whatever new arenas he has for you. Maybe it's your first time stepping into a relationship with Jesus.
Maybe it's in stepping into some unknown about him that scares you. Been there. Still there sometimes. We keep stepping in. We keep stepping into them. Because he's leading. Not by a visible cloud, not by a visible fire. But by his presence right inside of us. That can absolutely be trusted. If you know him, he'll show you the way. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the ways throughout history that you made yourself known. But I thank you that you've made known to us that your birth, that your death on a cross, that your resurrection are all important components of that equation for us now. We would never be able to experience your glory in us without all of those taking place. Your birth, your birth, the glory of the Lord shone around about them. Your death, your death, when the curtain was torn in two, was torn in two, giving us access to the most holy place. You're sending the Holy Spirit to us. And your resurrection, your resurrection power that we now get to live in. Lord, minister those truths to us as we worship you for a bit. And then as we go out of here, and wherever we go today, that your presence goes with us, that heaven goes with us, your glory goes with us. I ask you to do this all for your glory, Lord, all for your glory, not for us, all for your glory.